like to invite up Pastor James, who will be bringing the message this morning. Thanks, Chad. Good job, by the way. Let's hear it for Chad. That guy's amazing. Love Chad. Chad, um, he's got a great heart. He has a heart for the world. Uh, he has a heart for, obviously, Jesus and his church. And um, he has a heart for people. And like he said, he was, he's been working with YP. If you guys are in that stage of life where you're kind of post-college or, um, you know, maybe uh, you're in career, you're working, you still feel young, maybe not ready to jump in with the over 50 crowd, over 40 crowd, maybe not even the 30 crowd. I don't know. You're avoiding crowds. Go see Chad. <laughs> Uh, in all seriousness, we started YP, gosh, years ago, over a decade ago, probably. By this time, I've lost track of time, but it's been a blessing. So if you're in that season of life where you're, you're, you know, you're out of school, you're working full time, or uh, you just dove right into to working full time, then I invite you to check out YP or Young Professionals. It's a, it's a great fellowship. It's been that way for years, and um, it's a blessing to my heart just to see it continue and to prosper uh, in this day after so long ago starting it. But um, I also love Chad. He was over there on in his neighborhood. It just so happens he lives close by to my son. And some of you may know we had kind of a crazy week this week. Um, you know, my uh, basically I'm here is just uh, I'm going to teach, but it's not going to be my normal kind of go about how I go about teaching usually. Um, I'm probably not going to spend a lot of time breaking down the Greek or the Hebrew. As much as just giving you right off the cuff of what um, I'm experiencing right now and my family's going through and kind of have God's word. You know, sometimes you need the in-depth study, right, of God's word. You you have the space, you have the kind of the head space to do it in, and you dive and you dig and you do it deeply and, and for good reason. We all need to do that. And there's other times where you just like, you don't have the the margin in your head to do that so much and... and um, you just need God's word for what it says. You know, you just need it because you need a word from God. And it doesn't matter really that much to, to dive in with the Hebrew or Greek. And so this week, in short, and I'll talk a little bit more about it in a little bit. I um, almost, almost lost my son this week. Uh, there was a bad accident. Um, it's, he's alive. He's doing great. Those There were nine involved in the uh, incident, and um, it was a car crash into their house, and they were sitting in the living room, and I'll, I'll talk more about this a little bit, but essentially it's a miracle that my son is alive, and so uh, Chad shows up with his daughter on the scene. You know, he'd just gotten there, and uh, he's like, I live close by, and, and uh, you know, it's in, the, it's in those times, you guys, where you're like, man, just to know people in the Lord is like, I need that. Like, I'm so thankful for the body of Christ and for people who just get it. You know, you don't have to say anything. They're just like, I'm here and whatever you need right now, I'm, I'm ready to do it. And that, that to me is like where, where really the rubber meets the road. Or in this case, the rubber meets the parking lot. Good job, guys. Being flexible with sitting in a parking lot. It's not the best environment. We have cars going by. And for you, you at home... Just put on some background noise of some cars, and, and it'll match the experience here. 
So I, I'm really appreciative of God's word. And so I'm just going to go through this psalm. And, and I really, I wanted the title to be Miracles because I feel like that's all I've been swimming in this last few weeks, but in particular this last week. So thank you also for those of you who reached out to my wife and I and our family and uh, in this time. And um, very appreciative of, of all of you and your kind words, both near and far. But I titled the, this message, Miracles. And it was interesting, my wife and I were at Costco yesterday. Have you been in Costco in the last few days? I love Costco. I'm always in Costco. I didn't, we're shopping, we're doing our normal, well, not normal, because now our son's with us too, so we have to increase the shopping list, right? So we're going to Costco, and we're getting all our stuff, and it's almost closing time, and we go to check out. And there's a whole, like, I look up, and you'll see the, the shot if you're watching online. There's balloons, and all it says is, like, each letter, right? These big blown-up balloons are floating above all the checkout counters. And it says miracles. <laughs> I was like, oh, my goodness. So I took a picture, and I'm like, I gotta be, that's got to be the first slide. Because, <laughs> you know, it's the title of the message, right? But also, more than that, it's, how, it's a theme. You guys, I just want you to, to just plainly hear, if nothing else today... God's still doing miracles all the time, all the time. And I was talking to a gentleman this week who's a a campus ministry leader, and and he was like, you know what, even if you just go up there on Sunday, because we were talking about teaching, he's at Jamie Pappas is who I was talking to. He's teaching next week here, by the way, and really excited about having him back. But he's like, you know, even if you just talk about in your message um, the wonder of how God uses prayer um, and how we affect the heart of God and the movement of God. And, and I was like, yeah, you know, one day we'll be in heaven and we're probably going to we're kind of probably going to sit in awe for an extended period of time. Just just hearing about how God has um, used the prayers of the of his people. In such a way where we, we have no idea how that works today. I know I don't. I know I'm called to pray, but I don't know how God hears those prayers and actually incorporates that and hears it and then acts. You know, how does that change us acting in the world and such? So we were, he's like, just encourage people, you know, that the prayers of the saints are that important and God hears them. And I think you'll be, you'll need, you'll say what you need to say. And I go, yeah. I get that because that's how I feel. So anyways, we'll talk a little bit more about why I'm, you know, in thought. Here's another thing. Even as last, even, even as late as last night, I still didn't know exactly what I was going to share this morning. <laughs> and I didn't care. I, not that I didn't care. I had a peace. <laughs> I don't care about you guys. <laughs> I may make sense. I may not. But I'll tell you, there's a confidence when I've been here before, you guys. I've shared, I've taught in times where God did something crazy or something crazy happened in our lives, and I was called to teach. And actually, Pastor Gunther was kind enough to say, hey, bro, if you need uh, me to teach this week, I get it. I'm ready. You know. And I was like, I appreciate that so much, Gunther. But you know what? I've been here before. I, God's going to do something he's supposed to do. And I'm the vessel, and it just happens that he empties his vessels at times so that his he's the one who gets the glory because you know it's him, right? It's pretty cool. So with all that introduction, 
Would you pray with me? Because obviously I need it. You guys need it. We all need it. Uh, Lord, especially today, as I stand here, God, I just, I'm humbled in your sight. I'm thankful for the opportunity to teach your word. I'm thankful that we can both dig in your scripture and we can dig and dig and dig and find new depths of gold at every level we go down. And, and yet there's also a simplicity about it, a, a face reading, a casual reading that still can be so equally impacting. And so, Lord, we, we just not today, not when things crazy happen in our lives, not when we have near misses. Not only in those times, God, but just our normal nine to five, our being parents and serving our kids, our, our being employees and employers and enjoying vacations. Just just those things, God, we, we, we know you're working. We know you're working all the time. You're doing miracles. So thank you for this reminder to me. And I pray, God, that this time would be set aside for your handiwork. We ask in Jesus' name, amen, amen. Um, another thing that I've kind of been going through, just to be totally transparent, is um, I had, I, I've had a lot of people praying for my family in terms of my mom, and she was here, what, two weeks ago. We had the picnic afterwards and took her out there, and that was the first time she'd been out since COVID started, so what, six, seven months with people, and um, she's, she, you know, she's getting up in age, but... Um, you know, it's been really amazing to see, even in a couple weeks' time, how well she's doing right now. And that was really the start of it for us, to take her out and to have her with people. And for all of you guys that got to talk with her, you know, socially distanced, um, she was just a trooper, and she's doing so well. And so I have that as another miracle. <laughs> like, wow, we thought, you know, she just as a quick summary, she had fractured, she had fallen and fractured one of her lower vertebrae. And the doctor just said, She's just going to have to deal with pain management for here on out. And so, you know, you hear that stuff and you're like, oh, my mom, you know, she's barely 100 pounds. And how does that all work? So to see her have some times of thriving in these last couple of weeks was, has been amazing. So I got that in my head too, in my heart. And I'm like, God, you're so good. You know, I don't, I don't deserve any of this blessing, but I'm so thankful. Well, as that in way of introduction, we're in Psalm 139. So if you guys have your Bibles and want to open up to Psalm 139, that would be great. This psalm is from David. It says straight out to the choir master, a psalm of David. And the choir master, some, some people have said that that's to God, like he is the choir master master of the choir of his of his people and of the angels and but i think moreover um a uh, majority of people would say no that's, that's probably somebody like asaph or somebody in the scriptures who's going to lead the people in singing to the lord regardless david if either he's directly talking to god or he's given words to people to sing to god this is what he says and and just consider I want you guys, as we go through the psalm, as we read it together, I want you to think, where do you see the miracles in all this? And some of it, you're going to say, oh, that's pretty mundane, that's pretty common. And others, you're going to say, yeah, yeah, that's a miracle. I see it. 
So as we read through this, I want you guys to read through it with that kind of thought in your mind. Oh, Lord, you've searched me and known me. You know when I sit down and when I rise up. You discern my thoughts from afar. You search out my path and my lying down and are acquainted with all my ways. Even before a word is on my tongue, behold, O oh Lord, you know it all together. You hem me in behind and before, and you lay your hand upon me. Such knowledge is too wonderful for me. It's high. I can't attain it. Where shall I go from your spirit? Where shall I flee from your presence? If I ascend to heaven, you're there. If I make my bed in Sheol, you're there. If I take the wings of the morning and dwell in the uttermost parts of the sea, even there your hand shall lead me and your right hand shall hold me. If I say, surely the darkness shall cover me and the light about me be night, even the darkness, it's not dark to you. The night is as bright as the day. For darkness is as light with you. For you formed my inward parts. You knitted me together in my mother's womb. I praise you for I'm fearfully and wonderfully made. Wonderful are your works. And my soul knows it very well. My frame was not hidden from you when I was being made in secret. Intricately woven in the depths of the earth. Your eyes saw my unformed substance. In your book were written every one of them, the days that were formed for me, when as yet there were none of them. How precious to me are your thoughts, O God. How vast is the sum of them. If I would count them, they are more than the sand. I awake and I'm still with you. Oh, that you would slay the wicked, O God. O men of blood, depart from me. They speak against you with malicious intent. Your enemies take your name in vain. Do I not hate those who hate you, O Lord? Do I not loathe those who rise up against you? I hate them with complete hatred. I count them my enemies. Search me, O God. Know my heart. Try me and know my thoughts. And see if there be any grievous way in me. And lead me in the way everlasting. Some of us, I imagine, have figured God has stopped doing miracles. Others may feel like you've been abandoned by God. Others have no idea they even matter to the one who made them. You know, others feel like God really doesn't know what's going on in my life right now. Doesn't know what I'm going through. He doesn't care. Maybe he doesn't act in our time and space anymore. You know, in reading David's take... And this being inspired by God, I think God has some pretty clear thoughts about that, about all those things. You know, we're, we're, we, we tend to, to even be able to laugh at 2020. You guys done this as well and your family's like, oh, 2020, what in the world? COVID, of course, massive fires everywhere. You wake up and you see an orange sky, right? It's just weird. It's like gray and overcast, especially in South County. You get fog, you mix it with a bunch of smoke, and you just get weird. And it's like, oh, 2020. Boy, this is awesome. You know? And then, and then I don't know, there's a bunch of stuff that's happened this year. We all know it. But I'm just saying that you can get to a place where you get pretty depressed at times. 
you know, you get kind of bent out of shape about all that you're going through. And then in, the, in our case of just things that are traumatic that come out of nowhere, it's like, oh, 2020. But do you know that God is not, has not, will not ever, ever, ever take one moment, at least through this word, these powerful words of David. If you walk away with this, wake you know, walk away with this truth that changes your life in a lot of ways, that there's not a moment where God doesn't know each and everything about you and your life ever, ever. David would say, I can't even have a thought and you don't even know, you already, you don't even already know what, what it is. You know what it is full well. He's like, I can't go anywhere, right? I can't do anything without it being full view of my God. I, I, I can't even go like faster than the speed of light and you don't know about it and, and don't beat me there. Isn't that amazing? Just think about that for a second, that how much God invests thoughts and intent and thus action on your behalf. You. Now, now think of you for a second. Who are you? Who am I in, the, in, in, in front of and and to behold the beauty of God. And it'd be one thing if he made us and then just kind of set us off. And just kind of said, hey, best of luck to you. I gave you all the gifts you have. I, I formed you in the womb. You got all the skills I gave you. You got all the giftings. And then just sent you off and said, good luck. Well, according to David, there's a lot more to life than that. In fact, it's just the opposite. He says, I'm going to go before you, and I'm going to go behind you, and I'm, I'm going to keep you, and I'm going to know everything about you, and I'm going to remind you of those facts so that when you do hit COVID and fires and weirdness and depression and feeling like, God, you don't know what's going on, or we can't handle this anymore, or you feel like, oh, man, it was okay until I found out I might be exposed to this virus and have to go get tested. All of a sudden, you have a choice to believe God for what he said. I, I knew this was going to happen. In fact, it's in my ordination for your life. And as such, I have good intent in it, even when it stinks. These are the times where we go back to God's word and say, God, you have searched me and you have known me. And it's not a past tense only. God, you will continue to search me and you will continue to know me. And you will know when I sit down, when I rise up. You hem me in, in fact, behind and before, and you lay your hand upon me. And you guys, this is what happened to my son this week. And I'll just tell you a little bit of how God hemmed him in. So they're watching him and his roommates are in their house. And they're at the end of a street. They're watching a movie about 10, a little after 10. And uh, my son is sitting in his couch. And he's about a foot from the front wall. So there's a door, the, their front door, and then to the, if you're facing the house, to the left of it, that's where a big window is that faces the street and, and, and their front wall, right? Well, he's sitting between where the door is and where that window is. So a small space facing his TV with his friends and his roommates. One's in the kitchen. The other, there's one in his bedroom in the back, and then the three of them are sitting on this couch. Now, they had moved the couch from facing the window to 90 degree turn and face the TV instead about a month before this happened. So my son is sitting closest, his buddy's next to him and the other buddy's next to him on the couch. 
So their shoulder would be to the front wall, and they're facing this way if the, if the window's this way. My son's a foot away, and they were putting stories together and found out, realized that this car came, this Suburban, not a small car. They didn't hear any screeching. They didn't hear any anything. They saw a moment of, of headlights and then explosion as the car went through their living room. The... I'll just share this. The force of the wall and all the debris, it as they can as they compared stories, what they seem to what seems to have happened is that the force pushed the debris against the couch my son's sitting in and sent him flying across the room and he ended up hitting his neck and his back on the back wall of the living room, directly parallel with the path of the vehicle. So they're both going this way. Everything went that way. He flew over his friend that was sitting next to him who stayed put on the couch. And, and then the, the, the other friend on the end of the other end of the couch was thrown backward and, and out as well. So you have the end guys going flying. You have the middle guy staying put. Just a couple more things. I don't want to go into too many details. But I want to talk about hemming me in behind and, and, and before and laying your hands on me. This is my main intention. I don't want to give all my attention to my son and what he went through. My main point here is to point out how God fulfills his word. The car was so, was going in front of the couch, right? The one that stayed on the couch, the car went over his feet. There was tread on his ankle. My son had a burn on his finger from what appeared to be rubber as well. So the, the, the car was going at such a high speed not breaking at all, right through the front of the house, through the living room, into the kitchen, through the kitchen, ended up on top of my son's bed in his back bedroom and actually was partially damaging the wall in the back of their house. That's how fast the car was going. And, and so we start putting the stories and lining them up, you guys. And when you, when you have a situation like that and you realize how many miracles happened for my son to be alive, when the emergency personnel arrived at the scene, they labeled it, and I'm not an EMT, but the firefighter was saying, this is a mass, ca- mass casualty event. We, we arrive at a scene like this and we see what we see and we expect to go retrieve bodies. Not one person was killed. There were four people, four young people in the car. Nobody was killed. His roommate happened, his best friend happened to be in the kitchen, and he suffered some pretty significant injuries because he was in the kitchen, more in the direct path of the vehicle. He had a little bit, maybe, we don't know, a little bit more time to move out of the way. But he's, he's got some recovery. They're all going through the, as you can imagine, you know, just the impact, PTSD and all that kind of stuff. At any rate, my son calls me. 10.30 that night said, Dad, I'm okay. You know how you get the call as a parent? And the first thing you hear is, I'm okay. is just like, okay, tell me whatever you need to tell me. The best has already happened. And he goes, I don't know how to tell you this. I'm okay. My roommates are okay, but a car just drove through my house. So, you know, oh, that's nice. Hope you sleep better. You know, good tonight. So I, I tell my son my, is with us and my wife, and we throw the dog in just for good measure, and we go, we drive to his house. And, and nothing prepares you when you see a line of emergency cars and vehicles in the street. So we walk up, and, we, and we, it's one thing to hear a car drove through my house, Dad, 
and to walk up to a scene where there's a car in the back of the of the house. You know, it's just it's just surreal. It's so it's like how does this happen and what where is everybody and and then to see my son standing with his his roommates in front of the house is unbelievable. So going back to 139 when you read words like, oh, that's nice, you hem me in before and behind, David's talking about probably when armies may invade Jerusalem, and he's like, I don't have any real protection here except for you, God. I mean, I have some armed guards and everything. I have an army, but really when it comes down to it, the most important thing is I have you hemming me in. Guys, that's all of us. And, and praise the Lord that my son's still here on earth and that all of his friends are still alive. But I... but. The word of God jumps off your page and you realize, oh my gosh, talk about hemming in from before and behind. Six inches either way, the fire department personnel told me. Six inches over to the right, we'd have four casualties right there. Six inches. And I think if there's a, an example of hemming in, I'm like, God, I'm going to take this literally. I'm going to take this as your provision. I'm going to take this as your miracle. And I think we as believers, and maybe we don't have that experience or much experience with following God or even knowing Jesus personally. I would just say, if when we, when we get to heaven, Lord willing, we're able to recount how God hemmed us in. We're going to find out so many things, I'm confident. We're going to find out so many ways that our God worked miraculously to spare us and to be merciful to us and to be gracious to us. And we're going to fall on our knees and we're going to say, God, I don't deserve this. How good you are. Your love endures forever. And we're going to celebrate together all these things that we have no idea about. And some, like my son's experience, like our experience this week, we get an idea. We get a glimpse of how God miraculously works. So God, even as you allow things all the crazy 2020 stuff. I can read this psalm and say, Lord, you created me in my mother's womb. You know every thought I have before I have them. You hem me in. There's miracles that you do that I may not see, or in this case, I may see very vividly. But the truth of it, God, is I can trust you because obviously you don't just create stuff and leave it on its on its own to survive as best as it can. You are in the business of providing strength and protection to the king and the peasant. To the poor, to the rich. Doesn't matter, male, female, slave or free, Greek or Hebrew. It's all God being generous to his creation and saying, I have a will for you that goes and seeped in and surrounded by my love. My love covers you. So even if six inches to the right does happen and we go out of this world, we know because we have been grafted into the family of God through the finished work of Jesus himself, thereby cleansing me from all sin, that when I do leave this planet, it'll be just an extension of what I've already received, which is God being fully known, fully knowing me, fully embracing me, fully loving me. And just some things. He's like, where can I go from your spirit? Where can I flee from your presence? Obviously, guys, what's the answer to that? Nowhere. He, he goes, he goes, he takes examples, right? Of, of if I go to heaven, if I go to the place of death, Sheol, if I go, if I look at the planet and how the sun works, if I, if I, if I, Go to darkness and it covers me at night where things can be easily hidden. You know, it's just like light to you, God. You know all of it. He, he looks at and surveys, and that's probably a noise I'm going to ignore. 
He surveys the landscape and he says, God, you're all over it. Everything's like day to you. You know it all. And then he goes, you form my inward parts. You were there when you were forming me. You were there intricately involved in my development in the womb. Guys, we've all seen pictures of like those sonograms, you know, the 3D ones now. Can you imagine David looking at a picture like that in his day? It was all secret. And somehow he has kids be born and mom survives. How are we? By the way, I've asked this myself over the years. How are we all here when you have all the medical intervention that's available to us at our disposal? There's Kyle running. (laughs) All right. Hey, Rob Fittler, more power to you, buddy. All right. Hey, I'll take that interruption. Hey, let's give him a round of applause. He's running a Boston Marathon. Rob, we're not even close to Boston, so there's a lot. I'll ask you later. But he goes to the womb and he says, this is where you formed me. And, it, and I was intricately made and wonderful are your works. We're, the, the perspective of being pro-life, that's a political jargon. But it has origins in the truth of God saying there's not a time where God wasn't fully involved in our lives. So he obviously cares a great deal with the preborn, Right? Just goes to figure. Why? Because he's involved divinely. He goes, if I go in, in, a, in, a, in the secret place, you're there. Look at verse 16. Your eyes saw my unformed substance. And in your book were written every one of them the days that were formed for me. And yet, as yet, there were none of them. How precious to me are your thoughts, O God. How vast is the sum of them. If I count them, they're more than the sand. You guys, every day of our lives has already been ordained. We don't have to worry. I I recall the old saint. I don't know who said it. I don't even remember who quoted it, but it stuck with me ever since I heard it. And it was a gentleman, I believe was in the hospital. And he says, you know, he's sick, potentially going to die. And his attitude is summed up in this. If, If God wants me in heaven... They can't fix me. If God wants me here on earth for longer, I won't be leaving anytime soon. How cool is that? They can't fix me if he wants me where he's at in his glory. And that's okay. And yet, they can't kill me either if I'm not meant to go. There's some faith that undergirds that truth. But here's the thing. How precious are your thoughts? If I were to count them, they're more the sand. You guys, we're all blessed with proximity, closeness, proximity, close proximity to the beach. Guys, the next time you go to the beach, just take your shoes off and your socks off. Stand on the sand and see how your feet do as you contemplate God's thoughts to you are more than what you're even standing on. And that's just one piece of real estate that you happen to be standing on on the beach. If you're watching this from a place where you can't get to a beach, just get a bucket of sand, pour it out in your driveway or something. I don't know. But what I'm saying is obvious. When you think about that thought, how many grains of sand are on the sea, hopefully we walk away with that thought being, Lord, Lord, who am I? That you would even think one thought, let alone innumerable thoughts about me. And your thoughts towards me, God, are love. Give me a future and a hope, right? Jeremiah twenty nine eleven. 
to prosper me? Two last things as we close, and, and that is he, he, ta- he goes real quick, it would seem, into the wicked and being enemies of the, his God, and he counts them his enemies. I want you to realize that's taking my father and his will and saying, Father, you're so good that those who would hate you become my enemies. And that, I could see David really feeling that way in the, in the flesh. But here's the thing. I don't think he's excited to have more enemies because in 23 and 24, he realizes he should be, this is my opinion, he should be God's enemy compared to his record. Because he ends with, search me, O God, know my heart. My heart. Search me, God. You know, your enemies are my enemies, God, but search my heart. See if there be any grievous or wicked way in me. He's not just saying, look at all those wicked people. He's saying, Lord, there's wicked people, but I'm one of them. So keep me from being wicked, essentially. And lead me ultimately in the way everlasting. Our relationship with God will go on and on and on. And it's only because, not because we're good people, quote unquote, it's because we've come to God and said, God, forgive me and search me and know my ways and know my thoughts. And thank you for doing the miraculous. And ultimately, guys, I think the biggest miracles aren't even so much the car didn't kill my son and his roommates and his friends. To me, the biggest miracles is having a changed heart from somebody who was an enemy of God to becoming a friend of God, a son of God, a daughter of God. That's the biggest miracle, isn't it? Because it takes the will of the perfect God to make that possible. It's not just something you can look at and say, oh, that's nice. It's like God really cost him everything for that to be possible. And the true miracle is that my heart is changed. So I'd ask you, is your heart being changed? Are you cognizant of these important things that God knows you, made you, loves you, supports you, hems you in before and behind? And as such, you can come to him and say, God, search me and not be scared of the judgment to come, but be rejoicing in the fact that he's changing you from the inside out and loves you with a love unmatched. So that itself is a miracle. So guys who has experienced miracles in their lives, come on. Every one of us, right? Because we have a God who loves us. And when we do get to heaven, we find out how he spared us and blessed us and all these things. We're going to have an eternity to talk about how crazy it's been, but how good God is. Amen. So let's finish with a song. And why don't we, if you're able, why don't we stand and just give just a moment for us to thank God from our hearts to him individually and to say thank you Lord for all that you've done in my life and what I see and what I don't see what I know to be true and what I haven't experienced yet and uh, I for one to be thankful that I have more time with my son that he has more time with his best bros and on this earth but my ultimate prayer is that everyone would be able to say God knows me and loves me and I know and love him. So let's pray. Lord God, we just uh, we want to say right now. And I, I just want to give you a moment. Just all of us here and online. Just to go to God right now, wherever you're at. Whatever you're thinking about. And just thank the God who hems you in before and behind. Who formed you in the womb. Who knows you're going and you're coming, you're standing up, you're sitting down. 
He knows every thought before you have it. He knows your intents of your heart. He knows your agenda. He knows your motives. He knows your insecurities. He knows your fears and anxieties. He knows your depression. He knows your future. He knows your past. He knows your present. And all that combined, he loves you. So let's just take a moment where we're at and just thank God for his love and for his omniscience and omnipresence.